As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm George Alfredes. And I'm Dave Matthews. And this is the show where we talk about what's next on Wall Street because we're <laughs> Germans. This is the show about winning trades. <laughs> well, we want to help you learn about trading in a fun, entertaining, and most importantly, a useful way on the Autobahn. Yes. Now, we're going to talk about all the hot new trending products and services that you'll not only want to buy, but you'll want to use and invest in. I see the Autobahn. I get mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. We're also <laughs> going to cover the fundamentals of those companies to make you an informed trader and make it easier to target investment potential. Plus, we'll share our thoughts on where the charts and indicators say a particular stock is going. So all of this information can help you create a tailored trade plan and stay up to speed on what's next on Wall Street so that all you have to do is stack, stack your, your gains. No, yeah. no, just you know one you person needs to say it. Stack your gains. You can email <laughs> us, you can email us uh -huh. at optionsplayers.com or hit us up on social media at what's next Wall Street with your questions. Yeah. We can also direct you to instructors and experts over at Options Players who dig into those trading fundamentals. Yes, sirs. Let's go to the stock minute. Yeah, let's get it. the stock minute maybe i should say nft minute y'all are we still doing collectibles i i thought it was so last month all right but rapper and entrepreneur jay-z is making moves in the collectibles world jay-z rock nation fanatics founder michael rubin miami heat forward andre ugadala i know i said it wrong ugadala, 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 ugadala. okay uh and karen philadelphia 76ers president of basketball operations daryl morey are investing in the certified collectibles group to acquire a majority stake in that company. So according to Business Insider, the company revealed their valuation following the completion of the transaction would be no more than half a billion or actually would be more than half a billion dollars. So Jay-Z's recent dealings in tech and collectibles have only increased his net worth. Okay. So listen up. Earlier this year, he sold out of Ace of Spades champagne to LVMH for 300 million dollars. In May, Jay sold title to Jack Dorsey for another 300 million bucks. And his cannabis company recently joined forces with a few other cannabis companies in partnerships reportedly worth over half a billion dollars. So basically in the spring, he made like $2 billion. I mean, he's, he's like, <laughs> Well, man. Georgia, Jay-Z may be cash rich, but he was huh. also on an NFT buying spree and proved it by changing his Twitter profile picture to a cyberpunk 
AVI and uh, Avi, sorry. So, like yeah. an Avi, you know like what I'm a, saying? Yeah, like that crypto punk <laughs> Avi. Yeah. Yep. And uh, did you realize he follows no one? Not even us? <laughs> no, not even you or the other queen bee, his wifey. Isn't that a weird floss? Yeah, so weird. <laughs> well, Jay-Z bought his cyberpunk avatar back in April for 55 Ether, which was worth $126,000 at the time. However, because of the volatility in crypto, it's dropped in value to just $102,000. But you know what? I bet he doesn't care. He doesn't care, okay? <laughs> in addition to that, Jay-Z partnered with Sotheby's Auction House for an NFT based on his debut album, Reasonable Doubt. Now, Jay-Z hired a digital artist to create this one-of-a-kind animated digital collectible. Now, it's meant to be, it's meant to recontextualize the album cover, which it kind of did. So it was initially released over two decades ago, like 25 years ago. It sold for $138,000. You know what, though? How about this? I started looking at stuff up for auction at Sotheby's. How about Slick Rick's diamond eye patch? So for $25,000. Andy Warhol's set of Warhol's set of Campbell's Soup 2 sold for almost $6 million. A photograph of toilet paper. I'm talking about a photograph of toilet paper sold for $52,000. However- Was that during the pandemic? Probably, because that stuff was probably, sky high then. Probably, <laughs> So a letter written by John Quincy Adams oh. about the quasi war sold for $18,000. So you mean to tell me oh. you want a photograph of toilet paper for 50,000 and a letter from Quan it doesn't make sense. Uh. It's, anyway, I don't know what that shows you about society and what we care about, I guess, toilet paper. Meanwhile, a portion of the proceeds from the auction will go to Jay-Z's Sean Carter Foundation. So that's a good thing. Uh, all right. Today's What's Next Wall Street Pro Tip is brought to you by OptionsPlayers.com. Today we're going to talk about stacking gains versus holding and praying, which is what I used to do. Mm -hmm. Options Players knows a lot about stacking gains. In fact, they trademarked the phrase, stack Set your, your gains. gains. Why? Because they love you and <laughs> because it's what the traders and instructors in the community preach. The market moves and gyrates constantly due to many factors, especially news and rumors. Mm -hmm. So while you can be in a bull run market, you can still experience volatility. Yep. Entering a trade plan with a tangible goal of stacking is much easier than managing a position without a definitive exit or stops. Many diamond handers, which you can watch last week's episode to learn Georgia talking about that, they're learning this lesson the hard way as they accumulate losses or miss cheaper entries into their favorite tickers. Now, those that stack are able to accumulate even larger positions with no additional principal necessary and that, my friends, is financially attractive. Mm. So why don't you devise a plan to stack gains and compare your results? And hey let guys. us know in the comments. Okay. This is the part of the show where we get to hear from you. You can always hit us up on social media at What's Next Wall Street or email us at www.optionsplayers.com. Our first email comes to us from John in Waco, Texas. John wants to know, well, John asks, I always hear about catching a falling knife. What does that even mean and should I avoid it? You tell me, John, should you <laughs> avoid catching a falling knife? I'm just kidding. That's a really great question. So many stocks take the escalator up only to later take the elevator down. A stock drop is usually more swift than the rise. So it's really important to stay clear of these elevator drop situations and to patiently wait for things to settle and play a reversal. So 
To try to get in before a confirmed reversal is what we call trying to catch a falling knife. And it can be as painful as it sounds. My broker and I were talking about this today. And that means you can put a stop loss in. So if you buy at $30 or $40, you can sell at $20 or $18 before it yeah. hits $10. Yeah. So our second email comes to us from Alec in Buenos Aires. Alec asks, where are some good dividend stocks and what makes some of them better than others? Another great question, and I'm going to toss it over to Greg Krauss, lead instructor at optionsplayers.com, because he loves these dividend plays. Yes, he does. Don't you, Greg? Hey, Greg. Hey, Dave. Hey, Georgia. Uh, of course I like dividend if you're going to give me free money, but there are a few things where people are misled about dividend stocks. So uh, the biggest misconception of dividend stocks is the higher the yield, which is going to be the larger dividend you're going to be paid. They think it's always a good thing. There are some stocks out there that may pay well into the double digits, but uh, many people just simply choose that the highest dividend is the best paying stock. And this is not always a great idea. There are some things you need to look for. Um, so one of the main things you need to look at is what they consider, uh, it's called the payout ratio. Uh, now, I don't want you to get too crazy about the math, but it's basically the amount of money it pays per share uh, divided by the earnings per share. And it kind of tells you the percentage of earnings that it's paying to the shareholders, right? So that may sound a, like a good thing if you're a shareholders, but that's all the profit they made. So well, how are they reinvesting that into the company? Where's their growth coming from if they're just paying it all out in dividends? So normally I would say, uh, if, if I'm going to give you a textbook answer, it would be like 60% or less. Uh, I, I'm a little bit lower than that. I'm normally looking about 40% or less uh, mm -hmm. to be uh, that that dividend is sustainable. But there are other things. Uh, it's a very good sign if the company raises its dividend year after year after year. A good example of this is AT&T. Uh, I think, I, I, I'm not even gonna tell you how many years it is, but it's been like 35 years and they've offered a dividend for over a hundred. Greg, you just told fail. us how many years. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, what I mean is I could be slightly off on that one, all right? Um, but dividend uh, purchasing, or dividend, I'm sorry, um, with AT&T purchasing Discovery, that's going to dilute their dividend now. Mm -hmm. So that dividend that used to be about 6%, that yield's probably going to be about 3 to 4 We're unsure what that's going to look like until that uh, merger actually goes through. Um, the big thing about it is um, for any company, and this isn't just for dividend stocks, is what is its competitive advantage? All right, does it have proprietary technology, high barriers to entry, um, which could, you know, switching costs. I know this is more business related, but that's what you're really looking for. Or just a powerful brand name such as Apple, right? It has, of course, technology, powerful brand name. And to get into that, there's gonna be some barriers to entry because it's basically, it's not a monopoly because Apple isn't even one of the top two largest selling ones, but, it is what it is. You're not getting into the uh, the phone business anytime soon. Everybody's tried, and they just get smashed by Apple and uh, Samsung and everyone else. Hey, Greg, and with AT&T wanting to uh, to buy Discovery, 
and they've got a fire sale for DirecTV. Is that a little, uh, you know, pushing the rope? What is that? Well, the, the DirecTV thing, however, you know, everybody's been trying to buy content. That's nothing new. Everyone's trying to get content. And going after DirecTV was maybe AT&T's way of getting into that services, uh, into that services field for, you know, maybe their future. Um, uh, you see this happen a lot in companies and I, I'm not on the AT&T board, so I don't know what their actual strategy was there, but uh, they did lose some money on that. So I don't think their strategy was to lose as much money as they did. Um, but a lot of companies will stick their toes into industries and lose a lot of money just so they get the experience uh, and the know-how to actually start their own or to actually find one that's better. Now, the as you said, the direct TV one was a huge purchase. So I don't think that was their play. I think um, kind of like uh, maybe uh, how Netflix is getting into gaming a little bit, how that is putting their toes into gaming. They're not trying to make money, but they're not spending too much just so they get the experience. You see Apple with this also with say the Apple car, You know, they're spending money on that research but they're not really planning on producing it just in case it comes down uh, later on. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a big one with Apple for over a decade with producing its own chips. And of course now they do. Yeah, um, I thought the, so, the AT&T buying DirecTV was a way for them to really put a strangle on those li license negotiations for all those different channels. And I was an early subscriber to AT&T. Uh, it was called DirecTV Now, which became AT&T Now. It was 35 bucks a month for a ton of channels. Same. And then over the course of four or five years, they raised it up to $79 a yeah, month again. It's crazy. So I literally canceled it this week. I'm like, how do you say you're never going to raise prices at 35 bucks and now it's 80 bucks? I don't, I don't watch TV enough to justify that. But they were supposed to go over the internet and not have the legacy costs of satellite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to say what my satellite bill is with DirecTV and I have AT&T. Uh, it's way hard to $70, put a one in front of that maybe. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I don't even watch it either, but you know, who cares? I'm just bucks for me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something, you know, that that's an example of a great dividend that was about 6%. You know, that AT&T was the who's who of dividends in the S and P 500. It was it. That's what everybody wanted to invest in. Um, and, and besides those other, um, you know, the competitive advantages, uh, uh, its payout ratio, you know, has it been raising its dividend, you know, also just sometimes you just get a price or a yield that might be too good because a price or a, a stock dropped, uh, take Ford, for example, when Ford dropped pretty low, uh, last year, you know, I was able to acquire some Ford and with a little. Uh, cash secure put and then actually get it assigned. Uh, and my ratio is almost double digits on that. So, and you know, Ford's going to pay that dividend now, or, and then they stop paying the dividend. So now I'm just waiting for them to come back. So Ford can pay that dividend to me. Uh, so I kind of got messed up on that, you know, and I'm a professional stock trader. So that's, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes on, on those. Uh, so don't just go after dividends because you have to understand if they're paying you a dividend, they're not putting it back into the company. Now, there are a few great companies that offer dividends and, uh, you know, are very positive companies. Apple, 
Microsoft. Uh, Verizon is kind of like AT&T. It has a little bit higher one. Uh, and you see a lot of real estate uh, investment trusts. Uh, a lot of people enter those because they use, they normally have higher uh, dividends. And when you see uh, the but, stocks trickling into your account, like tenths of a percent, those are the dividend payments. They don't actually write you a check, right? Yeah. I, yes and no. Okay. It, it, it depends. So you need to talk, talk to your broker and then some will pay it out cash. But one thing you need to talk to your tax advisor about or your financial advisor is the tax, the tax implications of dividends. If I purchase, say, a stock with, you know, no dividends or just say Apple, it doesn't have a crazy high one. And I hold the stock for over a year. I'm not going to pay capital gains tax on it. While most, almost all dividends in the United States, at least, are considered capital gains tax. Okay, so you're not going to get that extremely low um, uh, tax rate on it. Now, there are some out there that it goes into repurchasing shares and things like that, that are an advantage. Uh, and this is kind of where Apple comes in. And for example, you know, Apple does buybacks, right? So what does a buyback do? Apple's spending its profits instead of handing that money directly to the investor as a dividend payment. They purchase stocks, which in theory reduces the supply, you know, so even with equal demand raises the price of the stock. So that's another way that Apple does it through their buybacks, which of course limits your tax liability because you're not getting that dividend payment, but the stock went up. So whenever you want to sell it, it should have went up. So well, let's hope they do that because Apple had a quarter of record, record earnings last week. Yeah. And um, I'm a shareholder in Apple and I could use that buyback. Hey, Greg, thank you so much for that information. Stick around. We might need you a little bit later in the show. <laughs>
and one amp. Okay. Now watch this. If I pull this out of the Apple charger and I'm going to move it over to my little anchor charger and it has to boot up and now look what's happening here. It's still at five volts, but it's at 1.7 amps. Now this will charge based upon demand from the phone at up to two amps, 2.4 amps in some cases. So you're putting double the power into the phone to fast charge it. Now watch this, it even gets cooler. Okay. I'm going to unplug this from this USB port. Okay. And I'm gonna plug in one of these little wireless chargers. Right. So the wireless charger, these are the little pucks. And let me boot it up here by plugging it into my gadget. I'm gonna line this here as so. So if you use these little wireless pucks. That's what I always use. Yep, I'm gonna put my phone on this. Okay. And watch what happens. Now these pucks, you think this is brand new technology, right? Yeah. It's charging at eight volts instead of five volts. Okay. But look, only a half an amp. So, so is it charging slower? It's charging about the same as the little bitty cube. So if you wanna charge the fastest, use a big cube, or you can use what's called USB-C. And that's this connector here. Now watch this. Okay. I'm gonna unplug the, uh, the uh, old charger. I'm gonna plug in the gadget into USB-C. Okay. Plug this into my phone. Um, we might need like some piano music during this little dance we're doing here. Okay. okay. So now okay. I've got my gadget plugged into a high power charger and that plugged into the phone. Got it. And it's going to take a second to synchronize here. So look at this. Oh, it's, wow. It's doing five volts and it's going to ramp up eight volts. Oh, no, gosh. And now it's and two It's going amp, up to two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're pushing more and more energy into this. But you might not want to carry a big brick like yeah, this around. Yeah, who's going to take that around? Exactly. So there's this little guy. This is uh, brand new. I actually see these guys from Anchor showing this on the uh, ads on uh, Instagram. Okay. So I'm going to unplug the brick, big brick. I'm going to plug in this little one. I would hate to travel with you. <laughs> no, I've got a charger for every situation. I'd be like, what, dude? <laughs> So okay. now it's putting out five volts. It'll ramp up to eight volts. So it's putting almost the same power from that little charger as Apple puts out from For their the larger big charger. Okay, right? got it. So, and look at the size of this. This is almost the same size as the little brick that Apple shipped with the original iPhone. So this is an anchor charger. It's called IQ. And the key for these things is you have to use USB-C, which is the oval connector uh, that most modern laptops use these days. But USB-C is the only way you're gonna get this high current into the phones. If you use the old USB-A, um, they call it, this will not push the high voltage in. So grab an anchor adapter and a USB-C and don't use the wireless charging unless you wanna charge overnight. Okay, so that's how I usually use it. I put, I put it on there overnight, but what are we talking here? If I'm using the, if I'm using the smaller one or the large one, like it's gonna take 10 minutes longer, or an hour longer. So if you use USB-C with the larger charger, you can charge more than 50% in 30 minutes. Sometimes oh. you can get 70%. And these current phones like the iPhone 12 have a massive battery inside of it. Okay. And if you have one of those power bricks, you might carry a battery with you. Those batteries are even larger. So for those, I wouldn't even try charging them without a laptop style or an iPad style charger. Because if you're using one of these little cubes to charge them, it's going to take two days to charge with it. Got it's it. that drastically different. And if you buy chargers at Walgreens or at Kohl's, those are not what? the best what are, design what? chargers. What? Try and stick with the real Apple products or a company like Anchor. 
because they're making stuff that's not only fast, but it'll also last. I mean, look, buy one at Walgreens if you're in a bind, but it's your phone, man. You've spent a thousand or more dollars on that phone. You want to you want to put the right voltage into it. So you're saying I can't buy my charger where I buy my gas? <laughs> Probably it. a bad idea unless you're in a pinch. Okay. All <laughs> right. Thank you, Doug. <laughs>
from everyone else. Uh, I think a good example of this would be uh, not going so political like this, because I'm going to stay away from this one, okay? I'm not going to touch right, that. Right, right. But uh, uh, think about um, Tom's shoes, right? You yes. buy a shoe, you give away a shoe. Yeah. Now, if Tom never gave away that second shoe, who would ever have bought those shoes? Absolutely I mean, nobody. Okay. No, you would have never <laughs> known about them, right? Because yeah. it would have never made the news. It would yeah. have never been a trend. It would have never have been popular. So that's kind of the thing. Now, when I think about Ben and Jerry's, I don't really think, uh, man, this is a social responsible company. I don't think that. And I mean, you know, I, I teach business, so I, and I actually teach CSR things. So I, I know they are, but it's just not what it comes in my mind. When it comes to me is, you know, I don't really eat Ben and Jerry's because it comes in pipe signs and I want like a gallon <laughs> of like Corbet. Um, That's yeah. why they sell more. Yeah. Come Same. on, this is like putting the larger <laughs> hole in the Tabasco bottle so you sell more Tabasco. Same principle, right. but different. Yeah, I see it and it's just too small. Uh, but many companies, they do take, it's a trend. Uh, so if this wasn't news, would they have done anything? I don't think they would. And I'm not saying it's bad form or they don't really believe in what they're doing. It's taking advantage of trends and news coverage to get pl publicity. And you know the old saying, right? No such thing as bad publicity. Bad publicity. And we are talking about them. But I'm talking so about them because I really am going to eat some when I get home. But I'm just saying, go on. Yeah. So if it's good publicity, <laughs> so well. If it's bad, it is what it is. It's in the news. It's noticeable. There's, you know, so there you go. But now you brought up Texas and limiting their, I believe it was their uh, retirement investment. Yes. It's even worse than that. Okay. And this is where you get into, I would have to think a company the size of Ben and Jerry's would have known this, but um, Texas has a law, uh, uh, oh man, um, chapter 808. Okay. Only know that because I lived in Hawaii for a while. All right that bars companies um, from refusing, terminating any business, or doing any action to penalize or inflict economic harm or limit relations with Israel. That is right. I love that you Texas just whipped that 808 wow. out of, that, that's good, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Texas has a law to stop people from basically causing economic harm to Israel. Now. I would also like to say, is that legal to have that law? Because Texas is a state, so they shouldn't be involved with foreign That's a good trade. Point. Right? That's a great no. point. But I'm not a lawyer, you know, uh, so I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I, I do know that's a law. Um, but wait, what about other countries? Do we have that law for other countries or just Israel? I'm pretty sure there's some other ones. I know that one's there yeah. uh, uh, from personal dealings. Um, just mm. like, I, it was, I wasn't trying no, to get kidding. with Israel or something, but it was like, Hey, here. And I was like, what are we serious? You know, it's like, this is a real thing. Wow. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to do any economic harm. And this comes back to why does Ben and Jerry not want to sell ice cream in the, uh, OPTs? Like, don't you want to give them free ice cream? If you, if you know you want to be social responsible to the Palestines there, now the Palestines just don't get your Ben and Jerry's. I mean, what good is that? 
I see um, what you're saying, but but so, maybe Ben and Jerry's like, look, we're so big, we don't care, we don't need it. I mean, is that maybe their thinking? I've, I've been there though; it's really hot. It might be a supply chain issue. It might be too hot. <laughs> they can't get cold the trucks there. <laughs> they were going to continue to sell it in what they consider to be Israel's territory, but not sell it in the occupied mm. uh, territories, right? Yeah. Or what they considered occupied territories. So basically. You're still going to sell it to the people who are occupying right. the other ones if right. that is your belief. Um, so why? Like maybe they didn't think that through, is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it. It, it kind of to me seems that it was a publicity stunt, maybe. Mm, and I yeah. don't want to say that because right. But why not limit all of Israel? Why are you going to just take it out of the areas that are already being if you? If you believe you know, they're, yeah, they're already being get, yeah, yeah, I know. oppressed yeah, or whatever. So now you just took away Ben and Jerry's, man. That could have been the one thing they liked. Well, we'd like to thank lead ice cream eater and instructor <laughs> Greg Kraus at Options Players for that information. Yes. Thank you for being here. Okay. Remember, if you want to know something, we probably have the answer. And if we don't, Greg's going to have the answer and he's going to tell it exactly how he feels. Please know that. You can hit us up on social media at What's Next Wall Street. We want to hear from you. You've got questions. We might have answers. <laughs> hit us up. Follow us. Like us. Smash the bell. Ring yes, the www.optionsplayers.com. <laughs> I'm George Alfredes. And I'm Dave Matthews. And I'm going to get a pint I'm seriously. Ben and Jerry's. Okay, you know, my favorite is Chunky Monkey. I can call myself a monkey, you cannot. Don't even do it. Don't even think about it. We don't play those games. Thanks for watching, (laughs) Chunky Monkey. Don't! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.